Well, good morning, everybody. I norm normally we end our connection time with um, come back with a song, but uh, we decided to change it up a little bit uh, this morning for kind of what uh, what's coming next. But uh, great to see everybody. Great to see you guys who braved the cold out there. So we talked about last week with that. Um, one of the things we wanted to do this year is let's kind of create a theme or maybe a vision for what redemption would reflect over this course of the next year. And we're calling it Abiding in Christ through His Word and Prayer. And we want to really press into that as a body. And so that means that we're going to continue to encourage that. Um, we're going to give you tools for that. We're going to um, um, help you along in many different ways. And this morning, I'm actually going to, I'm going to model what a quiet time can look like. And so, but let's talk a little bit about um, kind of setting it up a little bit. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament comes from Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. The context for this is, you know, the, the Israelites have left Egypt. They were enslaved there. God raised up this man named Moses um, to lead them. And very early on, there's this, this, is, this setup, this kind of this uh, arrangement where um, Moses had this, what's called a tent of meeting. And it's a tent of meeting that Moses would go out there to this tent of meeting. It was away from the rest of all the tents and things like that for the rest of the Israelites. And he would meet with God. And very early on in that, that he brings this guy named Joshua as in his assistant. And so we get to Exodus 33, 11, it says this, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Now there's a, not a lot to go on what that means. Um, does it mean that that Josh was like, uh, it's my turn now. I want to hang out in the tent of meeting with God and to commune with him. And uh, does it mean that he's supposed to guard the tent? It doesn't, it's not really clear, but this is what we certainly do know. As God had identified Joshua to be the assistant of Moses and would one day take over leading the Israelites, there's something that Joshua saw and experienced there when the God of this universe... spoke face-to-face -face with Moses as a man speaks to his friend. And you got to know right then and there, Joshua goes, I want that. You and I were made to know God. That doesn't mean know of him, but to know him. And so what we see then is that when Joshua takes over, Moses passes there's a conversation that God has with Moses that is relayed in the very first chapter of Joshua. And in that, near the end of that, this is what's recorded. This is God speaking to Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success." because of Moses listening to God, because of Joshua listening to God, because of that intimate relationship they had. Joshua was an amazing man and accomplished amazing things. 
but it came out of dependence upon his relationship with the God of this universe. In that, we see this, this command that when I speak to you, oftentimes it's going to be primarily through your, his word. And so that's how God speaks to us, through his word. That's the clearest, most definitive way we know how God speaks, and he would never speak otherwise in consistency with what God's word has to say. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So I look at these two passages, I go, it's a reminder that we need to set aside times where we're just in the word, undistracted, spending time with God through his word. And that that should become a part of who we are, be, permeate our lives so that it just flows out of who we are, that, it's, that the word of Christ dwells in us. That's one of the reasons we talk about abiding in Christ through his word. We also talk about abiding in Christ through prayer as well. One of my favorite passages comes out of Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It is, the he in this passage is Jesus. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, that's why you ought to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, everybody, okay, right? While it was still dark, he departed and went off to a desolate place where he prayed. In other words, Jesus made it a priority to get off to someplace desolate, someplace quiet, where he would be not distracted, and he prayed to his Father. There is times, yes, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. That should be just a posture that we have throughout the day, but we also need those times undistracted, simply with the Lord. And so, what we're going to do right now is I'm going to actually have my quiet time. Um, you may call it a devotional time or a quiet time, whatever it be, but it's, it's a time with the Lord, set aside. Um, sorry, I, I can't multitask same time, so it's like, here, let me get this thing all ready for me. Um, so a couple things, a couple caveats. Number one is that um, this is one model. There's a zillion different ways to do this. Um, but I'm going to be spending time in the Word and the prayer, and they will overlap like this. Secondly is that um, I, use, I use my computer, and it's just because my journaling, my writing, all that kind of stuff is very sloppy. I can't even read it if I write something down, so I use that. It allows me to copy and paste. Allows, I can look at scriptures really a lot quicker, things like that. So it just works for me. That's how I do it. Um, on the left side of your screen, you'll see this thing, what I call my personal creed. It's, um, it's what I've composed because it's the things that I'm, I need to remember about who God is, about who I am, and the things that he's burdened me for. And no, I don't blubber every single time I get up and pray and, and read the word. But... I've already been doing it a lot today, so just expect it's going to happen again. Um, and secondly, when I, when I do pray, you'll notice I'm going to have some, um, a bunch of things, names and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, because I'm doing this in front of you guys, there's, there's confidences and things like that. So there's things I'm going to be praying about that I'm not going to be very specific because it's going to go public and you guys are public and all that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, you'll probably look, oh, is that me? Is that me? Is that me? Um, and the other thing is that um, th I put scriptures in here a lot of times when I'm praying for people because I'll ask them, 
what's a, what's a scripture to pray over you? So I will use that as a, as a guide for me praying over that person. Um, and I'm going to skip a lot of names as I pray. And last but not least is this. I'm going to do everything that's in my brain out loud. So I'm going to, so you can hear what's going on, but I'm going to also do my best to forget that you're here. Yeah, that's impossible. But nevertheless, that's what I'm going to try to do. And obviously when you're speaking, um, it's a lot slower than you think. So why don't I just stop and, and go ahead. By the way, last but not least, 15 minutes. I'm going to do this for 15 minutes. And why I'm going to do it for 15 minutes is this. Everybody in this room who has a relationship with God, you have 15 minutes every single day. You do. There's no greater, more important relationship you have than with the Lord. So let's invest in that relationship. So I'm going to turn my timer on and... Um, Welcome to my time with the Lord. <sighs> Heavenly Father, I just um, I come to you asking you to quiet my heart. That, God, you'd allow me to kind of forget that everybody's here and simply just spend time with you. Knowing, God, that um, you've invited me into this and you long for me to do this, and this is the most important thing I can be doing every single day. So, Father, I acknowledge that I belong to you. You're the most high God who reigns and rules over all, and I belong to you because I've been bought with a price, the price of blood, the blood of Christ, and that in that, Father, you sacrificed your son Jesus so that I might, be, might become yours. What an amazing sacrifice. That, God, you reign and you rule over all things and all people and all circumstances. Our God is in the heavens and he reigns over all. God, you are the creator and sustainer of all things. You give to all mankind life and breath and everything. And, God, you have made all things for your purpose and for your glory. God, I think of just that Colossians passage, Father, that are minded by Christ, for Christ, and in Christ. And your ways are beyond my comprehension, Lord. I think of things that are going on around the world that we don't understand, but you are sovereign and you reign your rule and things going on in our own personal lives. But God, I'm, I'm grateful that I have confidence that, that your ways are holy. That your ways are good. Oh, thank you. What happened? I'm not sure what's going on. Thank you for, I'm going to do this. Sorry, you guys had no idea what was going on, did you? Okay. That's what you're supposed to be seeing. Now you can catch up with me. Sorry. So this is my creed, and this is what I've been praying through, so I'm right here now. Father, I'm grateful that um, your ways, I have confidence, God, that they're holy, they are good. They're for my conformity to Christ and for your glory and according to your will.
God, you love to redeem and restore things. And God, you will one day complete your work. And God, there's not anybody who's ever lived who will not bow to Jesus as Lord. I immediately thank God of the people who are so resistant of that right now. In your grace and mercy, would you bring them to yourself? Father, for what Jesus has done for me, motivated by love, God, I'm reconciled to you. You have declared and considered me holy and blameless before you. And free from condemnation, there's no one can condemn me, no one can judge me that I'm not, that I don't measure up to God because you have caused me to measure up because of what your son has done for me through Christ, in Christ, in his death. God, you've given me eternal life. God, you have promised me an inheritance in heaven. I am sealed by and indwelled by the Holy Spirit to lead, to guide, at times to convict me of sin, to restore me, to empower me to live, God, the life you've called me to live. And God, I remember that your word declares that you've met every one of my needs that I ever have in Christ Jesus. That helped me to trust in that. Father, you've called me to daily abide in you to make disciples, beginning with my family, God, help me be faithful there. And then to serve, God, your church. Grateful for redemption, Father. I long that you would draw everybody, God, that was in the room, last service and this service, to hunger, God, for time with you, to know the value and worth of that. So, God, I commit again to pray unceasingly for both the redeemed, the people who know you, and lost people of God you've placed in my life and around this globe. And to invest in these relationships and speaking the truth and love and doing the work of an evangelist and encouraging believers to grow and equipping saints to be kingdom laborers and challenging leaders, God, to greater impact. God, for your kingdom and for your glory. Father, I just choose to joy today. No matter what happens, because I choose today, God, not to view my circumstances for how they appear. God, but I recognize your promises to view. I want to see them, God, for the how they, they can reveal your hand. For God, for how you want to take those things and grow me through them and to make me more like Christ. And God, I'm going to seek encouragement from your Holy Spirit, God, to have faith in you, to trust in you. Father, I confess again. pride and those things, God, which keep me from truly honoring you, from wanting the praise of men and considering that more important than yours, to, to, to give you honor and glory and to give you, to seek your approval, Father, and to please you. Father, I just pray as I get into your word right now. Thanks, God, for what I've already read. Um, I'm just picking up from where I stopped early this morning and what I, then where I stopped from the first service and I'm picking up right in Romans chapter 3 verse 27 and I'll probably go through the end of the chapter but God I pray that um, you'd help me read your word with discernment to know what it says 
and then know, God, its impact on my life, so that I could live out, and I'd be taught how to obey, God, your word. God, you start off in verse 30, or 27, and then what becomes of our boasting? I'm reminded, God, from what your word says earlier, that we have all fallen short. Just go right back to, there's none that righteous, no, not one, no one understands, no one seeks God, that's me, that's everyone in this room, everyone who ever lived. And Father, I'm grateful for what I just processed before, that the righteousness of God is manifested not through the law, but through faith in Christ. For we've all fallen short of your glory. God, we've been redeemed by Christ. And so then, God, we certainly can't be people who boast. Boast that we have followed the law, followed any type of good works. But what kind of law? But why law of works? But no, but by the law of faith. Um, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Just the Gentiles also, since God is the one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised by faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. I thank you, Father, for Paul's proclamation as one who was chief of sinners and recognized that even though he's Jewish and had the law, he recognized that it was only by faith, God, that he came to, to be justified for what you have done. No one is justified by what they do. God, keep us a, as a humble people. Keep me as a humble person. So my thought of the day is this. For we hold that one is justified by faith, faith part of the law. It's a great reminder, Father. That's what I hold on to today. That reality verse 28. So one, one of the things I do is I kind of copy that and stick it in my calendar. And so today I'll be getting on a plane around 4 o'clock, and so I'll be sitting in the, in the terminal and going to have a reminder of what that really means, what that looks like and pray through that. Father, I'm just grateful for that I can come to you in prayer. I'm grateful, for God, for my loving wife. The gift that she is to me. God, for how well she loves people. And God, I pray that you'd help her to know without a shadow of doubt the depth the breadth, the length, and height, the depth of your love in Christ. And she may be strengthened in that, to know that, God, be filled with your fullness. Um, I have prayed for many of these people already, so I'm going to jump right ahead. I'm going to pray for my, my son, Jarrett. Thank you, God, for his love for you, his, his passion for you. God, I think of the challenges he and Kenna have in their first year of marriage and with her health issues. But God, I pray that he, he would find. <sighs> At all times, God, that you would be his refuge and strength, the very present time in trouble.
Thank you, God, for Kenna. And I pray that you, God, did you give her relief? And she's getting ready to go to, to see a neurologist again. God, there would be some answers to how to get rid of these headaches. But I'm grateful, God, that she has asked us to pray Psalm 23 over her. God, that you would truly be her shepherd. That she would not want because she can rest in you, be stored by you that the difficulties and challenges of health issues, Father, that she would not fear, but she'd have strength, God, from your presence. And to know, God, that your goodness and mercy will follow her all the days of her lives. God, grateful for our regroup. These are all the last names of everybody in our regroup. Yes, you guys are up there. Those of you know. I want to pray especially for new marriages. We have so many young couples in our regroup, God, and I pray for, first of all, for the men to love you well, to pursue you well, to find their strength and hope in you, God, and to know there's nowhere else to get that, such that, God, they could live a life of sacrifice for their wives as Christ has loved the church, that they would hunger for you, find strength in you, they would know how to nourish and cherish their wives, to care deeply for them, to model what it means to dependence upon you, to model what it means, God, to pray, to seek you, to sacrifice. I pray for the wives to respond in faith and encouragement, God, that they'd be built up in you. God, each one of these marriages would reflect Christ in his church. God, I thank you for the people you put in my life who who do not know you. Father, I just want to pay for Dan and Lindsay, Adam and Ashley, Eric and Mallory, God. Each one of them have these new young children, God. And I pray, God, when they look upon their kids, they would recognize the miracle. And such, God, they would know that you're the creator, that you're maker of them. And that, God, you would stir within their hearts their need for a Savior. They'd recognize their sin before you and come to trust in you. Would you give? An open door, God. For others who know you, that are in their lives, that are near to you, to proclaim the goodness of Jesus so they may know they need to try, trust in you. God, for Jack and Deb and Paul and Lizzie, thanks, thanks for them as our neighbors. I thank you, God, for the work you're doing in Jack's life. A recognition, God, that he's fallen short. I think of God. The opportunities that you've given him, we ask that you would continually open doors, God, that they would, we might be faithful to trust in you, that they would come to trust in you and hope in you. Father, I think of, um, our desire that redemption would be people who care deeply about lost people, would care about things of this world. God, you give us a discernment um, about what needs are in the people around us, whether it's be neighbors or community, and God, that we would love, love them well. And God, we'd be faithful to pray for love and we pray for the United States, Father, in elections and our leaders. God, I think of things happening in the world with Ukraine and Israel, and I've asked God that you'd bring peace, you'd bring wisdom for people who are leading. 
And God, I think of the people that we support, missionaries, and all them, God, that we desire to be, help them be faithful, to be strengthened today, that in the midst of challenges and difficulties, God, that they would um, be finding strength in you and, and bear witness of you. And would you protect them and watch over them, and care for them? And my 15 minutes is up. I don't always pray like that, blubber like this in my quiet time. Tyler, thank you, by the way. <laughs> um, so I got very distracted by the fact that I forgot this was not up on the screen, so I apologize for that. But um, I kind of want to give you a model, um, again, just kind of share with you a little bit of, of um, what it's like for me to spend time with the Lord. But what I thought I'd do is give you some tips, just some things that might encourage you, some practical quiet time tips. Number one is, is to schedule it. In other words, uh, with our busy lives, it's hard to sometimes go to fit it in. And probably if you don't have the discipline of scheduling something like this, you might just kind of like, it just goes by the way. By the way, the, you're, you have an enemy, and your enemy does not want you to spend time with the Lord in word and prayer. You know that? It's the last thing he wants you to do. Because he's committed to your destruction. The Lord invites us to come into his presence. So let's schedule it. Everybody in this room has 15 minutes. Yeah, there's certain things that happen in, in the life. You know, a lot of times you just give birth and things like that, and things get a little crazy, but, but we can schedule it. We can make it happen. 15 minutes a day, you can do that. Number two, Find a quiet place. Find a, a place where you can get away, where you won't be distracted. Turn off your phone. Whatever else is, will be a distraction. Find a place. And, and I always think about this in terms of husband and wives, especially if you've got young children and, and there's chaos in the house, right? At times, you feel like you don't have a moment to yourself. Husbands, commit to providing a time for your wife. Wives, commit to providing a time for your husband to do that. Have this conversation today. If you're struggling to find time, have that conversation. How can we help each other have this time? Because we both need it. Have a reading plan and a praying plan. Again, I, I keep track of um, prayer requests, and I put them down so that it makes it easier for me to remember. Um, again, I can't remember if I've said this or not. But I'll also often ask people, like family members and friends, whatever, how do you want me to pray for you? And do you have a passage that you want me to pray over you? And so I'll have that passage, and of course, then it's easy then to look it up right there and, and pray that, pray that scripture over them. But yeah, have a have a reading plan, and may I suggest a specific reading plan? May I? All right, I think I will. So in two weeks, um, we'll begin um, as a church to go through the Book of Romans, and so what we are providing, um, and these. Uh, Romans journals will be out on the table outside, the connection table. Uh, if you're able to, throw in five bucks per, per copy. If you're not able to, no big, no big deal, take one. And if you have some extra funds you'd like to contribute to make sure other, everybody can get one, um, you can throw in a couple extra bucks as well. But in it, um, there's going to be some introductory stuff, whatever. Um, and then what's kind of cool is it has like on the one side, the scripture, and then a blank side on the other. And we're going to be using this as we go through Romans. And we're going to be taking our time through the Romans. But maybe grab one if you're committed to doing that with us. 
and take it, and over the next two weeks, just start reading through Romans. Just start reading through Romans. Maybe get through it once or twice before we come in on uh, the 28th. But have a plan to do that. And by the way, I didn't mention this earlier, but um, if, you, if you find yourself getting really, really distracted as you're praying, and you're praying silently, and your mind kind of just goes somewhere else, one of the great things is to, to do is to pray out loud. That'll keep you engaged or whatever, okay? Um, and the last but not least is the idea of having a quiet time accountability or encouragement partner. Have somebody that you're sharing things with, that this is what God's teaching you, this is the things that you're burdened for. How's yours going? It's amazing when people are comparing notes and encouraging. That just builds you up and strengthens you to help you to do what you know you ought to do and help you be committed to that. All right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to now have a mini quiet time, everybody in the room. If you so desire, be willing to do this. I'm going to encourage all of us to have a quiet time right now. So this is what's going to happen, is that I'm going to guide you through about the next 10 minutes. And uh, actually be a little bit less than that. Um, and to have you read and to pray. And so to begin that, right now, would you just ask the Lord to help you focus on him? And, and so, yeah, just go ahead and pray that right now. And if you have a Bible, you're welcome to grab it. If you've got a pen, you like to jot notes or journaling like that, just get that ready. I'm going to ask everybody to go to Romans chapter 5. If you're just going to read up on the screen, that's fine too. But would you read and kind of meditate and process what this is teaching and all the aspects of what it's teaching? Romans chapter 5, 1 through 5. Let's read through that slowly. I'm going to give you about four minutes.
you notice there's a number of things listed in there of what God is like and what he's done for us. Peace with God. Um, access into his grace. Um, God's love's been poured out to us. So spend a moment giving him praise and thanks for all that, that, is read, that you read in here about what he is like and what he's done for you. There's times in which we read um, things like in this middle portions about the sufferings and the endurance and character and, and some things that are going on in our lives, the, the, the highs and the lows. And so, but in this, we have a promises of what God intends to do. So sometimes we need to stop and declare our trust in him for what he's doing in our lives, the good and the bad. And to, yeah, so spend some time praying through that, what that looks like to trust him in the midst of all that you're going through. And let's take it's been a couple minutes just praying for other people that they that they would know these truths, uh, whether they don't know you the Lord yet or they do, um, that they come to know the Lord or come to know these realities and be strengthened by them. So let's, so think about some people to pray for and go ahead and do that. Okay, hopefully it gives you a taste and a hunger for more. Um, <clears throat> that was the intention of that, just kind of go, okay, this is so good, so good to spend time with the Lord. A um, couple things. One is that if this is like totally foreign to you, um, whether you're kind of like the idea of knowing God, that's just, I don't get that. 
I would love to have a conversation with you. Find the service. I'll be hanging out over here. Number two, it's like, hey, help me think through having what this could look like, and I need some help in, in processing what a quiet time looks like. I'll same me will be over there for that conversation as well. Um, one thing that we, we probably don't mention often enough, and that is that when we take communion, um, we take these elements, that's for people who have acknowledged Christ. So if you do not know Christ, I encourage you to stay in your seat and just kind of process and think um, about that. Um, we have shared the gospel a number of times. The gospel, it's called the good news, is that apart from what Christ has done for us, we cannot know God. But through his gift of salvation, through, again, on the cross, that we repent of our sin and trust in him, that's for those who have done that and have acknowledged that and have come to know him. And this is what comes next, and that is that through communion, we have this aspect of abiding in his love. And that's the other kind of abiding statement in John chapter 5. And so 5 1 says, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, motivated by God's love, that's the gift of salvation we can have in him. And so as we get ready to take communion, I encourage you as you're sitting there, um, already you've been in prayer, but maybe there's just some time to pause and reflect on his goodness to you through Christ. And then when you're ready, to give thanks and worship him for what he's done through Christ, this is a great reminder. The cracker representing Christ's body that was given for you, and then the cup representing his blood that was shared for you, shed for you, so that we might be reconciled to God and live with him forever. Let's pray. Grateful God for this morning and the opportunity to proclaim your goodness, your love, our trust and faith and hope in you. And again, Father, to know... Um, be reminded, God, that you invite us to be with you, to live with you, and to know that eternal life is this, that men may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent, that we can know you, Father. Help us. Give us hunger for that more and more. In Christ's name, amen.